Hello and welcome to When Will It End? It's the movie podcast. The first, the last, uh, in whatever universe you find yourself in, we're surely number one. It's When Will It End? I'm Josh, joined as ever by Charles. Charles, hello. Hey, I just uh, I cracked open a ruby red grapefruit polar and I thought I had lost it and I just found it. It was behind me. So I'm here. I'm here. This is this is big for you. This is that's a that's a win. I think. Imagine the other parallel universes oh. where you didn't find that polar <laughs> ruby red seltzer. Uh, I think that I'm imagining it right now, and all I can imagine are CGI like semi-translucent cube things moving at me very slowly. I just see you. Oh my god! It, a, it just knocked the ruby red out of my hand. I just see your mummified corpse spinning in the air naked. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. That must be really nice. I can imagine you mummified pretty easily. Yeah, I was. Uh, I I did a big hair trim. We were talking about pre-record. Might be in the. Might be in the. Were you recording before? Do we have any pre-record? I wasn't. No, I wasn't. Shit. No. <sighs> okay. Well, um, lost to eternity. Though in another universe it's likely we did record that conversation where you told me you cut your hair to look just like your hero theodore cruz this the <laughs> senator from texas who encouraged the the uh the 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 horrible events of january 6th and it was so bad what happened and now you're paying tribute to that uh modern day benedict arnold with your haircut can i I got. I always do this. I have these things that I now have to line up. But I gotta say, I haven't seen Ted Cruz in a while, and I just looked at a picture on like NPR or some. Looking skate. good. He looks fucking amazing. He looks so he, good right now. He, he looks, looks like a full Verhoeven villain at this point. Right. For just like the weird mullet, the shave in the sides. Like he just looks insane. And if this <laughs> is where, if our society is just barreling into the lowest rent dystopian film ever made like i'm all for it this is amazing i'm so happy like a lot of people are like when 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 climate change when president Trump, evil fascism uh i am so happy that i'm not living in the fucking blue pill matrix and just like thinking that the stock market's cool and we're all rich we're all gonna be this fucking rules living where like ted cruz is alive president trump vanishes into thin air this is amazing i am so happy and and cube two hypercube is, is, is like fits perfectly. So let's let's get into it. We're of course in the midst of the cube verse. We're getting cube baby, uh, going to Cube Town. We're stuck in Cube Town. Don't know how to get out. Uh, wasn't really clear in this movie how that is achieved either per se. But let me go ahead and say this: Cube Two Hypercube is a perfect movie. <laughs> it is five stars. It's so cool because Christopher Nolan has spent his entire life trying to make Cube Two Hypercube. Right. And has is completely unable to because unlike the creators of Cube 2 Hypercube who feel perfectly content explaining as little as conceivably possible in a movie about what is happening in the movie while there's still being the very strong semblance of some sort of plot, he is he must explain everything to show how smart Christopher Nolan is and why everything fits into these rules he's constructed. While this movie's like, yeah, there's corporate espionage and shit, but mostly how fucked up would it be if you were trapped in a goddamn hypercube? It's fucked up, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a movie that I feel like I'm excited. We learned last episode that they are remaking the first cube, and I'm actually hoping that this sort of just reboots a whole re-cubal, a, a cube revival, if you will. Because... Where this movie falls apart is in, I think, the technology where it's just sort of boring. I don't, I'm don't. i not even knocking the look of it because 
it looks sick. I think, honestly, I was reading a bunch of letterbox reviews and other reviews, and they're like, this looks like a Windows 95 screensaver. Like, no, this movie looks sick. I love it. I think the problem is they, like, the first one had the cool traps. And this one, I think they really couldn't figure out how to make it interesting, like me rooting for who's going to live, who's going to die. I never really felt that same sense of urgency like I did in the first one. Well, okay, that's so interesting because I think my take on that same feeling was one of like abandon and recklessness that felt so exciting. Mm. Like I was so on the edge of my seat being like, wait, anything can happen in this. Like there's so, there's so like, there's so little effort being made to make this coherent that I feel full of panic and dread and excitement. Mm. No, I, not, I just, yeah. like, I threw myself into the void with this one. I agree with you. It's got a very weird slow boil beginning. The traps, I've read the reviews too. Everyone's like, oh, the, the CGI looks bad. I don't give a fuck. We're Who in cares? the cube. Yeah, this I'm is... prepared that it may look weird in the cube. Baby, we're in the, we're right, in the so dang this, cube. This is the thing. Listeners will remember, I'm, I'm, I've come out strongly against CGI bullshit in the past. And I'm, I want to make it clear that I'm not like changing my tune because I, I want to like the Cube movies. Before, it's like, if they are trying to make me believe that what is happening looks like takes place in real world, and if it's supposed to be, if more than more attention is placed on the things being used for the CGI, it's sort of distracting when it looks like CGI. But here it's a fucking multidimensional quantum bullshit hypercube. Hypercube. It's a goddamn hypercube. I do not know what that would ever look like. Right, people be all like, "Oh, that's not what a hypercube looks like." Shut the fuck up! You haven't been. In, you wouldn't be talking to me right now if you were in the hypercube, my friend. That's like the same people that tell me that Jesus Christ is like black or something. You weren't there. You don't know. I think. I think actually, you can presume that because he was from Northern Africa and it was mm. like. But he's not like 3, a chiseled. He's not. A, he's not a three thousand year old chiseled white dude. With like amazing hair, he could be cut. I mean, they a lot of a lot of manual labor. He didn't eat very much. He walked around a lot. Um, and also, people nowadays they they just get like the show muscles. You know what I mean? Not like the actual functional mm. ripped. It's so true. I mean, would Jesus have been ripped like a Zac Efron? Probably not. But a Zac Efron's bulk that he put on for the Baywatch movie uh, was that functional strength. Or just show abs. And I'm just saying there's a big difference, okay? So you're saying that Jesus just had the show abs. Well, look at me, okay? I'm not cut, okay? I'm not buff. No, come right? on, really? No, but I've got functional strength. Right. My meaty thighs, they, they tromp up and down mountains. My abs, they're there underneath some stuff. It's like when your dad, who's like 50 years old and like sort of pudgy, but somehow he can still best you in a in an arm wrestle isn't that crazy dads just always seem stronger yeah always seem stronger dads until they die look you put a father and a son in a hypercube that the father's gonna get out the son's gonna die there because he's got his dang phone the best part of hypercube no one's on their dang phones honestly I, I know you're joking but honestly watching movies from before 2010 that is now the best part of all movies is that no one's on their dang phones and plots don't have to revolve like all these movies uh, yes obviously you're in a fucking hypercube so you can you can make a what are those cages called? The Nicholas? No, not a Nicholas Cage. That's something else. Um, boo, boo on that joke. Oh, I was just. Conf- you got to go to jail for that. I think that's a that's a criminal offense. That you're is, locking me up. I'm putting you in the motherfucking hypercube. You would last two cubes. That's generous. Two. Then you get crushed by crystal beams. Okay, we got to talk cube. 
So first off, um, have you have you noticed who directed this motherfucking hypercube? The cinematographer. Andrzej Sekula. He's Polish, so apologies to Poland for that. We're talking about the guy. He's the, been the the film the, the cinematographer on Reservoir Dogs, on Pulp Fiction, Four Rooms, Hackers, American Psycho. Um, most recently, Speed Kills, a movie that definitely exists. Oh, John Travolta's in it, so you know it's good. A 2018 John Travolta pl- thick, flick, you know it's it's tight. Anyways, he's sort of a legend of 90s filmmaking. Uh, it's, it's super wild. He's only directed like six movies. This is his second movie. Well, he was the DP for Oleana, the David Mamet uh, movie about the... About women making up rape accusations? <laughs> Yeah, and the shitty professor that's like, I didn't, I didn't do anything. Yeah. Why are you so mad at me? Well, you were talking about the blue, the blue pill, red pill thing. David Mamet, he has been red pilled for so long. Oh my god! With, with, you know, finally busting open the men's rights world, but with his fucking revelatory plays that we've all seen and loved. You know, I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen this play. Do you think it'd be different to see? The, the the salesman movie in a in on the well, stage. Here's the thing. Most of the best known salesman movie material was written just for the movie, not the not the play. Right. Like so, when when Alec Baldman goes, "You're a fucking loser, dipshit. Hey, suck my nuts." You know what my name hey, is? My name is Golden Balls. Yeah, and Golden then, and like, three thousand like, dollar balls. You want coffee, he, bitch? You can't have it. He came from downtown. It's like, yeah, I came from downtown. Downtown, your mother. And everyone's applauding. Everyone just stands up and applauds. And now he's a funny man. Now he's quite the funny man. Did you see it on the uh, at the, the SNL after uh, Drumpf, the Orange Man, uh, Orange Hitler, was deposed uh, in the Citizens' Rebellion we call voting? He had a sign that said, you're welcome. Wait, I can't tell. Is this a I'm dead this serious. A joke. Should, like, you're serious. I can see from that mustache that you are serious right now. Josh shaved everything but his mustache. Yeah. Oh, on his and his t- top of his head. He kept the top head. Yes. Um Alec Baldwin had a you're welcome sign. And so he's taking credit. Well, so is here's that the thing. What it is? He's taking he's taking credit. Here's the thing. Alec Baldwin is like one of the saddest, shittiest assholes who's ever lived. He's just like a miserable, miserable asshole who hates life. There's an amazing New Yorker article where he's like, I was going to be the next big actor. I was going to be my generation's Brando. It never happened. Now I'm doing fucking 30 Rock. Fuck my life. So he he thought 30 Rock was beneath him. Like a performance that is both brilliant and beloved. He's like, I'm doing primetime sitcom shit. This fucking sucks. Imagine how he feels about having – he would have to think he saved America from Trump in his own head to validate years of humiliating himself with easily the worst SNL material in human history. And it's a show that at its worst is fucking abominable. What about at its he, best? Is, what, what's the height of SNL, do you think? The height of SNL? I mean, the Norm MacDonald Weekend Update, that, that shit is crazy. Because if, if you hear him talk about that era, he's like, he was at war with the crowd. Like, he, was, he went there specifically to like bait the crowd by saying really wild shit. And it, it did it has that fun, you know, prurient feel that comedy has at its at its most entertaining. I think that was really great. Um what about the cop- what about the Duncan the Duncan one, man? With Casey Affleck, the yeah. canceled man? Casey Affleck seems like a piece of shit. But yeah, the uh the SNL Donkeys commercial, I will say as New Englander, uh eerily appropriate. I watched his um Casey's most recent movie where he's just like it's a movie. It's like a post-apocalypse movie about a dad and a daughter, and it's just basically like 
his apology because he, for some reason, can't just apologize by saying, I fucked up and I'm sorry. He just made a movie about how cool women are. I mean, girls rock. So you heard it here. Yeah. Well, wait. Girls rock. Can I quote you on that? Girls rock? Please take it to court. Put it on a document. I'll sign it. Well, I'm already going to court because apparently I'm going to jail. Yeah, it's true. Can we just do a two for we do this, joke? Can we do the same? Nicholas Cage no more, and no more Nicholas Cage Cage jokes. It's it's really beneath everyone. You no, no hurt I'm going to keep doing great it. Nation. I'm going to keep doing it. You're uh, you're like the you're pretty much the like the it's the a Faraday. Guys. It's a Faraday Honestly, cage. It's a Faraday cage. It's not. Yes, it's a Faraday cage. Oh, that's no, the one where you... isn't that a? That's oh, Farpoint. Never mind. I was thinking this some SN, uh, SNL, SNL. No, Star Trek. Hey, what if, what if friggin' SNL did a wacky take on Star Trek? I bet that would be pretty entertaining. Have they they haven't done that? That's amazing. Hey, Lauren, if you're listening, who's that? Michaels. Who's Lauren that? Michaels. I don't know. He he's a Canadian man who oh, makes Saturday Night Live like a cube. And of course, we're, much like the Cube films, this movie was great because everyone's like, "I'm from America, eh? I'm from Los Angeles." <laughs> no, it's so funny. They lost. Yeah, Hoser. It was I'm really from Boston. Good. Oh my god, so good. Just all these Canadians. Someone from Maine. Yeah, they, they said I mean, it. My state was Parts in there. of Maine feel a lot like Canada. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Madawaska. Yeah, don't get me. Don't get me fucking Josh, started on Josh, I am sorry I mentioned it. He has a whole thing about Madawaska. Fucking Madawaska. <sighs> Hypercube. Cube 2 Hypercube. This is one of the best sequels we've watched, without a doubt, to me. Like, Really? You, so you're really into it. I, yes, I'm super into it. That's awesome. I, I, I'm, Let me say this. Can't wait to talk to you about it, because I want to get pushed to... The fervor that I feel? Yeah. Um... But there are parts of it that were incredible, and I think the low rating for this movie is really unearned. Like, the fact that at the end you have a crazed man with, like, dozens of badges of of people he've killed and multiple watches. Like, he's just, like, gathering the detritus of all of the corpses that he's accumulated while wandering on a quantum hypercube. It's an incredible finish. Okay, so, so let me break down why I think this is one of the best sequels we've ever watched on the show. Often, Charles, we there's a phrase that we've come to, well, occasionally use on the show. When we talk about, look, you're making a sequel, Bob's your uncle, why not go the whole nine yards? Go to fucking space, right? It's like, you're making a sequel, do you, do you just oh my keep God. it mortal? Do you keep it domestic? Or right. do you go fucking nuts and go to fucking space? I love we, this. In so many movies we've watched, the sequels that are disappointing, it's like, just go to space at this point. Like, it's the third or fourth movie in this. Like, Robocop goes to space. I want to fucking see that. How are there, like, there's so many fucking Robocop movies, he never goes to space. Like, just go to space, right? Right. So many Austin Powers movies, he never goes to space. So many. Imagine Jaws in space. Are you fucking shitting me? Well, I mean, there is the. What Moonraker has Jaws in space? Ugh. This guy with the My- jokes. Am I getting with the friggin' jokes? No, that's true. Another- you know what? You're right. You caught me in a classic quantum bind there. Uh, in. in- the James Bond realm, they do put Jaws in space, and it was wrong of me to say otherwise. I apologize to you. I apologize to the listener. I apologize, of course, to Jaws. Which one? The the giant man with metal teeth or the shark? Uh, the gentleman with metal teeth who finds love with a much smaller mm. person, and that's sort of the bit because he's so big and she's so little. Tiny. So small. That would be like a, a strange, like the porn parody of Moonraker is just that scene. Imagine the porn parody of Cube 2 Hypercube. <laughs> Well, I mean, the sex scene, I... This ain't Cube 2 Hypercube. 
No, it still would be, honestly. <laughs> you could call it the same, but it, no, it'd still be basically the same. It would be very terrifying. Yeah, it'd be so upsetting. Oh, I, I, they I come, t- and then they, they transform into fucking floating mummies. Yeah, and the cum turns into a, a Floating mummy cum. I, I read a lot of dumb reviews because I was like, I like this movie. People don't. I want to understand what I missed. And I just realized that they missed it because they were like, you know, let's throw a sex scene in here. This is like the fucking coolest sex scene I've ever seen. Oh, my God. I mean... It's up there for me because as it stands to go back in our friendship, Charles, the first midnight movie we ever watched together was uh, Leo Carra's uh, Holy Motors. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, has my favorite sex scene in the universe where we see two digital dragons fuck. And then you know, we see two we see people wearing like uh, motion sensor yeah. body whatever suits. The and then pong. what they're animating are two dragons fucking. And it's like the most ins- it's just the best. It's so psycho. It's like this is what the movies are all about. Uh, and this is up there with me because, okay, so we can't get too far ahead no, we of ourselves. Gotta, the, I, the sex we, scene is later on. I want to get there. But yeah, let's start at the beginning. Let's go through the cast, I think. Let's go well, through no, no, the no, characters. No, stop. You asked me why I think this is the perfect sequel. I said that, you know, okay. go to space. I thought you were done. Right? I thought you were done. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Jesus Christ. I haven't, got, I haven't gotten fucking started. All right, go. I'm going to go Jesus read Jesus Christ, something. the nerve on you. Oh, fuck you. No, pay attention to me. I'm not going to talk to you. Look 45... At I'm, I'm looking thank right you. at you. Yeah, okay. right at so, you. So, thank you. Good. This is good. Back him out. No, oh, please. Um, no, I'm back. Come I'm back. I'm back. I just Engage had to click. with me. There was, I had to click on a thing. that is, I have an ad blocker on. I had to unblock the ads. I'm, I'm going to trap you in a fucking hypercube. Keep <laughs> you acting like this. Keep threatening okay, that. So, build okay, it. So, I okay, dare so you to build it. The thing with the sequel it. is, my big take on a sequel is swing big. Not so big that you lose your mind and fly out of orbit and change the character of the entire thing, but what it works about the first movie that you can just blow the fucking blow the back out of so that you can really go to a whole other level. And in my mind, the basic logic of, you know, what's crazier than a murderous set of cubes with no discernible origin or purpose, uh, the exact same thing, but now there's goddamn quantum physics at play. It's essentially... I mean, literally, the production of these movies, they're in one room the entire time. Yeah. And visually, that's what we get. So how do you innovate? You can't have, like, it's kind of like we watch the Hunger Games. They realize that the games themselves don't really get that much crazier because they're sort of a sandbox thing. So you have to dress up the context. You have to change the, you know, in, in the second one, they raise the emotional stakes. In the fourth one, it's suddenly this, like, urban minefield you know, very clever. And in this one, it's like, now not only are these cubes going to be lethal, it's going to time starts and stops. Gravity reverses. Portals open. Murderous shapes emerge from the ether and shred poor Jerry and his dang watch. I mean, it just that's brilliant. That's a brilliant way to to like turbo boost the premise of the original that has become to be so dang beloved. Totally. And that was another thing I read when just going through shitty reviews was like people are like, wow, this is oh, isn't this ironic that uh, they added so many dimensions to hypercube but it fell flat and they just like waited for applause on their letterboxd review of this movie but that's the thing is this movie is it is boring and i'm going to say that not in like a negative way yet but it is like for a movie that amps up certain elements it doesn't go batshit and lose focus it actually sort of uses this crazy intense version of the cube to actually slow down everything else. Yeah, because I think what they do so well is sprinkle out these little tidbits and tastes and hints of what the plot is. And it makes all of it way more... 
the fact that it's so such a flurry of information mixed in with these like completely perplexing activities like i'm just like ooh a scent on the wind i'm a i'm a veritable hound on the t- on the and the fox is the friggin' plot and i'm chasing i'm chasing it through the fields of reality wow. this is great you, you, oh my god are you one of those big eared buddies are you uh, you're like oh a, i'm flopsy a fuck <laughs> short those legs big old ears going flop <laughs> in the wing yeah i'm snorting like a little pig mm. uh I thought this was so. I I loved this movie. I am glad because I needed to get there. I think again we have mildly bad acting, which is fine. It's we, it's better than the first movie. Yeah, and I, I still which so, again low bar, but still I it does some things weird. And I think right now I do want to because I think most people saw the you know really shitty reviews all over town probably didn't even bother watching cube tube hypercube and i want to just go through the cat like not the cast but just like what happens because everyone's familiar with the first cube you got strangers waking up in a cube and this one we have a lot more characters waking up in a hypercube and like let's just go through the cast because i don't think anyone really watched this we're gonna we need to go through mvps we need to go through mvds so we need to like really be grounding ourselves in the people because that is the story totally well we've got Kate, the psychotherapist. We've got Simon Grady, who's the, uh, we come to learn as a private detective. He collects knives, loves to use them. Stab, 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 stab. Um, he, and uh, we've got Sasha, who's a blind teenager uh, who is mysterious and full of secrets. Uh, we've got Jerry, friggin' Jerry. And he's such a Jerry. And he just got a sweater vest. He's such a, portly a Jerry. Fellow, balding. Got a, his wife got him a shit terrible fucking watch for their anniversary. <laughs> so like bad. it's engraved, but it's like a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, we got Max, who's a computer hacker. He's very thin. We've got Julia, the lady in the red dress, and uh, honestly, the emoji. It could be the basis of the emoji. I don't know. You think so? Could be that the emoji, the famous dancing lady emoji, is an elaborate meta reference to uh, Cube Two colon Hypercube. Uh, then of course we've got Colonel Scaredy Cat who friggin' wants to hang his dang self before he gets crushed by stuff. And, uh, we have Miss Paley, who's an old lady full of secrets and mystery. Yeah. So. And we... a dead, and a dead doctor. Wait, the dead doctor? Yeah. Remember the dead, the science guy? Bill Nye? I missed no, this. No, not Bill Nye. They find that, you didn't miss this, the dead guy on the ground with cover, the, he's like oh, a famous math guy. Yeah, he like, wakes up. First. The friggin' math guy, and he gasps. It's, everyone's like, oh, he's alive. He's like, oh, no, he's dead. He just gasped. Yeah. Bodies gasp. It happens. Was that a, you think that was a quantum gasp or just a regular gasp? I think he queefed out of his mouth. Wait, can you, wait. I, can you mouth queef? Yeah, totally. Look it up. Can you mouth queef without anyone? Yeah. Fuck it. No, it just happens? It happens all the time. Wow. <laughs> What in about, our sanitized culture, Charles. We never see it. In movies, no one queefs out of their mouth, which is why Cube 2 in a lot of ways does feel different, special, heightened, elevated. I don't know. Yeah, I um, I, I do like that the first Cube, so the Cube verse itself like did show some pissing and shitting. I did sort of miss that, but I do appreciate that they are throwing in a little bit of that flavor with a little mouth queef. Yeah, we, we, all, we all miss the pissing. I think of that. Anyone who's on this journey with us, you should know. No pissing in this one. And if that's a turn off to you, I understand. Now, uh, there is nudity in it, so... Barely. Maybe uh, maybe we can sub out the pissing for a little bit of nudity. There's, there's as much pissing no, no, as no, there no. is nudity. It's, a, it's binary. There's either nudity or not nudity. There is nudity. I mean, there's different levels of nudity. There's I know, but the existence, the presence itself... 
Unless we're speaking on a quantum level, in which case, who's to say? Josh, it's, you know it's, I mean? it's the Cubeverse Part 2, Cube 2, Hypercube. We are always speaking on the quantum level. It's true. Here's the thing about this movie. it The fact that it reminds me so much of like a Philip K. Dick book is the best compliment I can give, where we're following one story that we think is what the whole story is about. Okay, they got to get out of this cube. And then in following that story, it brushes up on this much larger, much more nefarious, much more unsettling arc of weird corporate espionage, government uh, fucking weapons testing, and, you know, the whole thing of like, okay, so let's say uh, Simon is indeed a private detective, as he says, trying to find the lady. Why does he kill her when he gets there? Just for the pleasure of killing? Or was he always there to kill her? Mm. We'll never know. Uh, yeah, that's true. Was he hired by Izod to find her and kill her because she was a whistleblower? We don't know. At the end, when Kate realizes her mission is to steal the necklace from, from Sasha, who is in fact Alex, and give it to wh- presumably Izod, we don't Darcy. know. Darcy. Yeah, we don't know who Darcy is. I know who Darcy is. You got a friend named Darcy? Mm. I think that's awesome in the Philip K. Dick reference because so many people have tried. It's like most notably Steven fucking Spielberg tried to make a Philip Dick story and they didn't. And I think that's the thing is Philip Dick is, it doesn't really matter. The plot of it is he's written the same story over and over again and it's not really about it. It is this feeling though of being trapped somewhere with people that you don't particularly like to doing a job you don't understand on drugs missing uh, somebody that you don't even really know if they exist anymore and although it's like this is all those feelings wrapped up into a hypercube which could hold 60 million rooms and it definitely has space to hold these these feelings of anxiety i mentioned this when we when i lost you and the the listeners won't know that we we had that little lapse because i'm going to edit it so nicely but listeners we did lose each other Oh, wait, duh. do we do it again? No, no, you're there. I was worried that Charles had vanished into a friggin' hypercube. Right, we're, that's, we're, we're very stuck here in the quantum realm, and we're, we're worried now anytime there's a slight blip. You also, your hair is is so good, but it also doesn't move very much. So I'm just not well, sure. I just washed it today. I did. I shaved off my beard this morning. It felt so good. Can I, can I give you a little hint? I haven't been shampooing lately Ugh. since I got stuck in my basement, and I got to recommend it. I mean, maybe your hair is is a little too greasy for it. My hair is perfect without a, a shampoo and a condition. And I don't get the. I mean, what for me things get pretty hairy before it theoretically bursts out on the other side. I get I have dandruff. It only gets worse. Okay, yeah. Maybe you might not have the I'm hair for saying. it right now. You look like you shampooed your hair, and I'm saying if you don't want to look like that, you might not want to do it. You've been telling me how good I look, and now you're suggesting. Not that subtly that maybe it doesn't look that good because if I don't want to look like this, there's a way to avoid it. No, no, it looks great. It looks great. I'm just saying it looks poofy, and I, I think it looks fun. But if you're, well, I'm getting a haircut this week, so you, my, the, my fucking hair will not haunt your dreams. I'm sorry, I like your Can hair. Can we get back to the movie, please? Yeah. Okay. Um, you were saying with, with Philip K. Dick, the idea is it's less about the specifics of the plot and more about this idea that when we live in a world where reality is tenuous. And all sorts of things that seem to violate the rules that reality surround us. What does that say about the kind of life that we're living, or the kind of our, our, our understanding of ourselves, or indeed anything? Yeah. So I think that's why this movie does succeed a little bit more than the first one. The first one is so motivated by them escaping the cube that you have the prime number shit, you have the puzzle shit. Like I really like the traps. I think the traps really make that movie. If there weren't any traps, it would just have been shit. But everything else that pushes it to the end and then once it gets to the end it sort of even crumbles a little bit bigger 
this abandons that. Like, yes, there's a, so there's some idle chat about, oh, maybe we should try to get out of this fucking thing. But most of it is like, who are you? What are we doing here? What the fuck is this place? Who is eyes on? Well, that's the thing. Because if Cube 1 was sort of like, we've created an environment where questions of existentialism and reality can be explored in this deliberately vague setting, you know, you get that fun philosophical, you know, what, what if there was a very literal threat? You know, which is something I think is very cool where it's like the cube isn't a metaphor. It's like if you were literally in this circumstance, how would that change your understanding of reality and free will and and your understanding of power structures, et cetera? This movie is, again, to go back to that original thing, we've watched Tenet for the podcast uh, bonus episodes available on our Patreon. We've often talked and complained about other Christopher Nolan things. This is so close to what he – his perfect vision of like a high tech espionage thing could be. But like, instead of burying us in exposition and insisting that we are given the satisfaction of pulling off the trick at the end and understanding how we won the trap we set for ourselves, it's the opposite. So mm-hmm. like nothing is resolved. Nothing is answered. And of course, old Kate, once she hands over that dang pendant, pop, 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 yeah. pop, right into the freaking brain. Her brain gets blowed out. Christopher Nolan spends more on men's suits for his movies now than this entire movie cost. And it shows. I think that, honestly, when I first started watching this movie, it felt like if the Safdie brothers made a Cube movie. I don't know if you... Like, the, the way it's everything is way too close and the camera is always doing something that you don't want it to do. Um, That's what I was mentioning. Sorry, I, I we got lost again. when we When I lost you and you couldn't hear what I was saying, I was talking about how the opening credits to this movie made me incredibly anxious just watching the blueprints of a hypercube. And I think that's it. They understood that this movie is uncomfortable if they pull it off and not overdo anything. And they overdid the cube by making it a four-dimensional cube, but they undersold everything else. And I don't know, it, it is outlandish. It's like the camera angles are wonky and they make you think everything's upside down. But Overall, it's pretty tame and... But I, I don't think it's that tame. I think that the, the implications of the movie are so upsetting. Where, like, you know, something, some shadowy organization has created something so powerful that it can you can live a thousand lives and live a million deaths yeah. in this crazy so That's what trap. I mean. I mean, I mean sorry. And, that, and seeing that the... Simon, like, age into, like, an eternal serial killer collecting Jerry's watches for the rest of time while he just, like, mows people down seemingly at an unlimited pace... You know, she she literally Kate stabs him in the eye one second. And he reappears behind her in his world decades later with his graying hair and his horrible eye wound scabbed over and, and scarred shut. Yeah, no, I'm, I, that's what I'm saying. Is sorry, I'm not saying it very well. Is that if no one did this, he'd have like a truck flipping over. He'd have thousands of people running around with guns. He would, like, he always his message is big because it has to do with time shit. But he also makes the action big he makes the characters big he looks the costumes big everything is huge this takes place in one white cube they they scrap the red they scrap the green they scrap the orange it's just a white cube we don't really know what they're trying to accomplish the look of it is so toned down that all these like crazy anxious feeling ideas really come to the forefront well also a couple of things are used that remind me of other movies that are so effective well one is um, so John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness is, uh, I think, 
we're mostly on the same page here. It's not a very successful movie. It's got a really bad script. It's got some terrible acting. And certainly for a director who's made, I don't know, like half a dozen near-perfect movies, to me it's really flawed and I struggle with it. But one of the best moments in the entire Carpenter filmography is towards the end of Prince of Darkness when he pulls off that super crazy shot of, of the person plunging into the afterlife or the other world or hell or whatever that is. And it's a completely different thing we've never seen before. Right. It looks totally unlike the rest of the movie. And it's so arresting and so fascinating. So in this movie, when we follow Julia and Max's storyline to when they're alone in their segment of, of the cu- of the hypercube and they're like – you know, in real life, we'd never hook up, but here we will. And then all of a sudden, the camera is whirling around them as they float in midair and fuck and turn into fucking, like, corpse zombie floating fuck dolls for eternity. Like, it's so crazy. It just explodes like that. And that, to me, is brilliant. And then for a movie that maybe, I don't know, maybe took influence on this, who's to say? I think of Primer, where at the end of Primer, the most horrifying part is the fact that He's going to build a bigger fucking thing. Like, it, it's so much scarier knowing what could happen with this technology than anything we've seen in, in their rinky-dinky little lives of shitty house parties and stupid jobs in Primer. So the fact that this movie does that at the end where it's like, you know what's even more threatening? This is phase two just ended, bitch. There's another phase. It's part of a big plan. Who are these people? Why would they create this? To what end would they do it? It can't just be to torture randos who have some, you know, loose connection to its construction or what have you. And it's so cool. Yeah. And the fact that, like, Max is creating a rival video game that Izod is surreptitiously pretending to oppose in a court case using a fake organization. Like, it just raises so many questions about, like, what is Izod's cultural mission? What are they trying to do? You know, are they techno fascists? Are they trying to, like, you know, just defeat time itself? Are they seeking immortality? And we don't know any of that. We have no fucking clue. And that's so much scarier. Before before I go forward, I just want to make you sound a little bit like a dumb fuck because you keep saying Izod, which I think is like a, a dog food brand or something. They're eyes on. As an eyes on the friggin' prize. There you go. Now you no longer sound like a dumb fuck. Hold on. There is a there is a New Zealand company called Eyes On. I wonder if they if they're named after <laughs> That'd be YouTube so too. fucking cool. When do they start? Okay. Izod is a, is a shitty clothing company. Sorry for saying Izod so much. Sorry everybody. I'm a I'm a dipshit. Fuck me in my butt. Um, Izon Science Limited is a nanotechnology company. Oh, wow. It develops when did and they sells start? Nanos- what year? 2005. <gasps> it develops and sells nanoscale particle analysis and isolation tools. They isolation abs- tools? That sounds like a dang hypercube. <laughs> hyper- they absolutely named themselves after this company. This movie. Uh-oh. Out- you ready to get scared? I'm o- Yeah, always ready. I'm a fucking. They've got offices in Cambridge, baby. <gasps> no! They're making a hypercube right down the street. Um,. I think that the first movie, again, played it safe. You know, you have this cube and they're trying to get out of the cube. And I do appreciate that they didn't tell us what happens. And I know that the director's cut, the version you saw, showed us like a version. I did not watch the director's cut. There's a director's cut where they show like rather than just fading to white when the, the, the prime numbers man escapes. This movie shows us what's outside the hypercube. And I think that is the right call. Well, we, we open, we see people on gurneys in this very eerie way. Like you can tell like there's some sort of staging area before being inserted in. We see their lives outside of the friggin' hypercube. Right. Um, yeah, it, 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 in my mind, yeah, it, it, it actually heightens the experience. Because we still know nothing. We still, like, 
it doesn't matter that we, yes, we now know that Izon is the creator of the hypercube and the cube, we imagine. But it doesn't matter. Like we have no, as you said, we have no idea what they're doing. We don't know why they're building it. And I don't know if we want to get lost here, but I am just curious because I, I really don't understand ultimately. Like she, so basically Kate is a, is a Izon operative. Okay. So she's been keeping that secret from everybody. But everybody's keeping keep keep secret because Sasha's fucking... Seep and keeprits. Seep and keeprits. Uh, That's pretty good. Seep and keeprits. You want to start a band called Seep and keeprits? Nope. Okay. Uh, Sasha apparently is a nickname for Alexandra. Uh, did you know that? That's a little bit of trivia of real life that I had no idea about. Well, good movies, you walk away having learned something. Yeah, and I, I learned A, Quantum, and B, that Sasha is a nickname for Alex hey, or Alexandra. S- speaking, of, speaking of movies, I'm realizing that I think this is the one-year anniversary since I've been in a movie theater today. What'd you see? I'm pretty sure me and my friend Eric Brown saw Sonic the Hedgehog on Valentine's Day a year ago. Wow. I mean, that is a beautiful story. It's a beautiful commitment to friendship and Valentine. Mm. Yeah. I'm wow. wondering, maybe maybe it's bad that we're putting out a record, uh, a record, excuse me, a, well, yeah, this is in a way a record. They were putting out an episode the day after Valentine's Day because everyone's going to be so tired from copulating with their partners or themselves. I mean, I think that's what podcastings are all about. I mean, I listen to podcasts while copulating myself, while copulating uh, Amy, and then while walking the dog, you know, after a copulate. Sure. So yeah. you're saying, you know, after a good copulation sesh, you'll roll over, hit play on the new reply all or something. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Mm. Anything, really. I just hit, I just hit play. I go to podcasts.com. Hit play. Hey, let's make a, I want to make a promise to our listeners. If we ever end up in a Tesseract... We will record an episode. I mean, we, we would have to deal with the logistics of getting it out of because we would obviously die there over and over again. But I bet we could figure out how to get that broadcast. Also, now that I just said the word podcast, I've got an embarrassing story, Josh, if you want to hear okay. it. Okay. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, it took me a, until a week ago to realize that podcast was a pun on iPod and broadcast. Yeah, that was I mean, it's 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 the Kleenex effect where like that original idea has become, you know, completely metonymous to the entire industry even though it's a bit a bit dated. No, oh, I thought it's cuz you used to sneeze into your iPods. Nick Cage used to sneeze into your I don't even get that. Yeah, I'm going I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail. What's the the sneeze? Well, you said pod- it was the, the the Kleenex effect, so, you know. Uh. Just disgust. Just like a deep, a deep sense of failure. I feel it. I feel it in me. I shouldn't have said it. I, I just didn't know what else to say. 60659. The visual storytelling in this movie is so fucking good. The accumulation of Jerry watches, they set it up, and then it becomes this excellent way to be like, oh shit, Alex just, Alex just fucking ripping, Simon, excuse me, just ripping through these motherfucking Jerry's. And then, you know, the big climactic 60659 when the payoff with all the different watches clicking in tandem. Oh, that's so cool. So this is why I don't want to get lost in the question, but I do want to understand if it seems as though the whole point of the this whole story was that Kate goes into the hypercube in order to remove Sasha, who is actually the secret. Alex, the legend. The fucking hacker legend, so Alex Alex Tusk. Trusk. 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 Tusk who trust. made the tesseract that they're trapped in? Well, no, he made the idea. He, he, she. Sorry, 
I'm stuck. We met her. Quantum. It's a lady. It's a quantum world, man. Remember when she says, I'm blind, not retarded? You know, so, I mean, Mama mia. I don't really want to get lost there, but the way that you can have like a movie come out and it's okay for a woman in a red dress to be lying on the ground and the first response is a dork being like, hubba hubba, me want to fuck. A shwing. And then having, yeah, a line where it's like the Kaiser Sose effect where it's just like, what if this person that most people think suck is actually pretty cool? It's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, that was, it's so cool that in our society for so long, calling, like, uh, just uh, othering things really aggressively was like a surefire way to like, like, oh, okay, they are cool. Dude, I was, again, I... lost on the internet reading bullshit, trying to figure out Cube 2, Hypercubans. And the first question on moviemistakes.com slash film 3161 slash questions is, if Sasha really is blind and she is Alex Trusk, but she is a computer hacker, what good is a computer hacker that blind? Wouldn't she not be able to see the screen? Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. That's awesome. Wouldn't she not? Oh, I got to say, real whole, whole sentence is what good is a computer hacker that blind? Wouldn't she not be able to see the screen or anything of the sort? But like, and this was, I don't know, there's no date on when Link8265 asked this question or when uh, Tail Kinker with a golden star answered it. But it's just like, this is the world we live in where, you know, people with limps and people who are blind are thought to be non-human. We're like, how do they use a computer? It sucks. So this is like, it, it falls into that trap by making her like, cool is because it still is playing off of that trope of like othering and, and dehumanizing people I, I just love that idea that like it's the movie's problem that you can't imagine a scenario where someone with different abilities than you could use a computer that's like a big it's a big reflection on the movie's shortcoming <laughs> yeah um as a small-minded moron i have to point out that in my world Oh, so this Lord. is what I, I don't understand. So Sasha is Alex, which is a cool twist. I love that everyone has a twist. Um, Kate is an operative. Jerry is Jerry. I guess he doesn't have a twist, but just being Jerry to the fucking... Well, but Jerry becomes like their calendar, basically. Yeah. Like, Jerry's watches become a way of measuring how many realities they've interacted with. And if you're uh, Simon, it becomes a way of proving that you're the ultimate top dog in the multiverse because you've slaughtered all these dang Jerry's. Yeah. Um, Mrs. Paley is a um, seemingly uh, brain-dead old lady who has a dog, but turns out she's a fucking Tesseract expert who used to work for Eyes On herself. The little twists, which weren't really in the first cube, the first cube played it very simple and had everyone sort of, I'm a cop, I'm a psychiatrist, I'm a this, but then it was like the unraveling of what that actually means, which is very cool. This has everyone sort of keep that secret so I'm going to ask you a question, and maybe you can answer it, maybe you can't. I don't really care. I just am sort of curious if the whole point of this Hypercube experience was for Kate to get the necklace of Trusk, why didn't they just take the necklace when they bagged her up and threw her before they, like, why did they need to go into the Hypercube? Well, the movie's called Cube 2 colon Hypercube. So if they found a way to get around the Hypercube, we wouldn't have much of a movie. It would be my counterpoint. Like, uh, it doesn't matter because this way we got to go in the Hypercube. So who gives a shit? That's why I don't want to spend too much time on it. But maybe I, I just thought maybe I missed something. Like, did the quantum... They decided it's the best way to get the fucking thing from goddamn Alex Trusk. Who gives a shit? It's fine. Move on. We'll move on. It's just how it happened. 
move on. Hey, here's something. When you go to the Rotten Tomatoes page for Cube 2, Hypercube, um, the photos that they share, inexplicably, the first four photos. <laughs> I'm just looking at it. Are of the motherfucking dead science guy on the floor, who, by the way, we never see his face, really. It's only from weird canted angles or when he's, like, doing rigor mortis gasping. But here we have him staring face first into the camera. It's very unnerving and Four does not times. reflect Cube 2 Hypercube at all. I, ref- I I do recommend that everyone goes to the Rotten Tomatoes for this, just for this experience where you can scroll through the 14 photos. The first four, like twelve of which are just the poster, <laughs> yeah. and then four of which. So there's four of this man, de- the dead man, looking at you. There's um, three shots of the cube, and then the rest are different versions of the poster. Yeah. Wow. And hey, timing wise, this holds to the tight ninety format neatly, which is brilliant. This is one of the rare movies we've watched where I actually kind of wanted more. I really enjoyed this movie. I disagree. I think this was perfect. I think any more of it and I would have gotten like the boredom threshold I would have crossed over. And I know you were like super entered the whole time. I well, was no, it's just at the beginning is slow. I'm I'm not, you know, I, I get Dude, it. Dude, how it's... many times did they play the name game? And I don't know if that was like were they just making sure we remembered the, all their names or like every time they meet a new person Jerry's like, "All right, I'm Jerry, that's Kate, that's Sasha, and that's Wait, what's your name again?" And and then uh, Simon goes I bet you can't do it backwards. And Jerry goes, I bet I can. And then they do this. That's Max. Uh, Max likes oyster stew. I like, I've never had oyster stew, but I do like oysters. I I don't even know if oyster stew is a thing. That was just like a name game thing. Like if I were, you know, I used to be a bad boy. You know, I didn't smoke, but I used to be a bit of a bad boy. Mm, Bit of a a ragamuffin on the streets. Peaky Blinders is about Charles's younger years. Right. You need the subtitles when you hang out with me. I go to vote. I tell you do in it. That's how Charles talked when I met him. I taught him it was rather like Pygmalion or uh, the I dream of genie. No, it's that um, making a pretty lady good. Yeah, with the professor man. But I was a pretty I'm going lady to make a lady and get to talk real good. I hit my mic there, so. That's that all right. This, That's why. No, I mean you make you make avant-garde noise music. I actually before uh, before our record, I've been sitting in my office listening to a new release I have coming out uh, loudly and uh, rather enjoying it. So wait, let me say this about my music: if you play that shit in Cube Two colon Hypercube, it would be like, yeah, this fucking owns. Yeah, the soundtrack was a little bit. It, it was kind of kraut rocky. It kind of reminded right. me of like Can, which is like cool. Actually, it, it sort of reminded me, not all the time, but the Safety Brothers, just like visual. I could see them using, I just rewatched Uncut Gems, and um, the music in this sort of matched that, just like doesn't quite line up with what's going on. So it actually makes what's going on more intense sort of vibe. Well, I, I totally agree because there's this thing where when when the entire structure of the movie is not made to comfort the viewer's concerns or pad our reactions or trigger or cue our reactions. It's way more unnerving and odd. Like we're watching something with something with entirely its own internal logic and its own vantage point and view on the world. And, and that's so confident. Like it's, it's, it's safer to pad out your movie with these choices that make it less overwhelming or less anxiety ridden or give you a sense of structure. And this movie in, in almost no way does that. Like, like from the music to the visuals to the pacing, like the first time I checked how much was left in the movie, just to, and this is, I think, an extremely good review from Josh Landy's. I was an hour and 10 minutes into it. Uh, that's exactly what happened to me. 
Right. I was like, like almost literally. done with it. And I was like, wait, where are we in this movie? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a little off kilter. Like things seem to be speeding up, but it's still really eerie and weird. And it was like an hour seven in. And I was like, this is, we're like, we're like fucking done. We're like at the end. I thought right. that was so cool. No, honestly, I, I was a little bit out of it, but the same thing happened to me. At a certain point, I was like, wait, it feels like we've been in this cube forever. I have, but I have no idea if I've like stuck in one of those zip, 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 zip cubes or one of those. Warb, 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 warb cubes, and I, I, I can uh, I can prescribe drugs to you to achieve either one of those cubes in real life. They're, they're, those are very achievable goals. Wait, how do you you have you have one of those paths? It's like you can prescribe me it. I didn't realize that you were like able to give me drugs. I've been going to the doc. I'm what they call a doctor of street knowledge, not like one of these hoity-toity Ivy League doctors. So then types. what do you mean you can prescribe me drugs and make me feel like that? You can just describe them to me, or can you actually fucking give me the slip of paper that lets me go to CVS? And get it myself. I can write you a slip of paper and then send you to a guy I know. Okay. He doesn't need the paper, but you can just have it so you remember what to ask for. Okay, so this is important. Producer Ernie Barbarash. Barbarash. Who knows? Ernie. Let's go Bar- Barbarash. That sounds like a – that sounds cool. Sounds Barbarash. Like- okay, so the official screenwriter like for Cube 2, uh, he is – I'm looking it up. Yeah, he's a pirate. Okay. okay. So – Written by Sean Hood, apparently his the Sean Hood script for Cube 2 was aggressively rewritten by Ernie Barbarish, Barbarash. And this is huge because Ernie goes on to write and direct Cube Zero, the third movie and prequel mm, to the franchise. So interesting. If you, like, if you like the oyster stew flavor of this joint, we're going to get more from straight from the Ernie Dome. Like, this is right out of Ernie's friggin' noggin. Cube Zero is Ernie's debut and in that little saggy director's chair. Yeah, he had such a good experience uh, working on Cube 2, Colin Hypercube. He's How like, you know can what? you not? Give me the little foldy chair. Put my name on the back. Barbarash, Barbarish. Did they, did they still use one of those big tubes, the big, the, the big cones? Yeah, all directors must use the big tube cone to communicate with people. His last movie is 2009's Christmas in Rome. Angela, an American tour guide in Rome, agrees to teach a culture-shocked businessman named Oliver about the heart of Rome at Christmas. <laughs> what happened to him? It's a Hallmark movie starring the great Samuel Page and Lacey Chabert. 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 That's, that's too bad. Stop Stop Chabert. that. Stop it. That's fucking just... Dis- Chabert, Chabert. Oh, God. So, yeah, I mean, I would say, uh, he. oh, he did a Netflix movie starring Rob Lowe. Oh, that's sick. For him. That's awesome. I love that there's this new genre of movies that, like, just instantly vap- like evaporate holiday in the wind is a 2019 american christmas romantic comedy directed by ernie barbarish barbarish stop uh, it's barbarash is released november 1st 2019 by netflix starring rob Lowe and Kristen davis no one has ever it has never been a thing right it's, it's amazing how the algorithm works there because there are so many movies on netflix and 95 percent of them are, will never be seen Okay, so due to the Game Rangers International Elf Elephant Orphanage in Zambia's strict rules about uh, elephants and Netflix's high animal welfare standards, it became apparent that a body double would be required for the majority of filming. And Netflix invested hugely in ensuring that the puppets required were the spitting image of the real-life orphaned elephant in the movie. So for this fucking straight-to-Netflix romantic comedy starring uh, uh, Rob Lowe, with his son appearing alongside him for the first time, John Owen Lowe, Rob said, it was great. It was really fun. Uh, they they built, like, a perfect one-to-one elephant puppet just for this fucking movie that no one... <laughs> 
No one has. There's no universe where anyone's seen this movie. That's incredible. I love this story. I'm, we should watch it. You want to do it for the its bonus? tagline is a romance off the beaten path. No, it's not. No, it it, is. no. Is it it, isn't just great that Ernie's working. You know what I mean? He starts with Cube Zero, which is probably a very weird way to enter. Most people might have killed themselves after making Cube Zero because I I believe well, it. Have, I I have very fond memories of Cube Zero. No, I'm saying I think. It's well, I don't know. I actually haven't looked at it as closely as the other two, but I imagine a third is was, was this direct was this released in theaters? Cube two colon hypercube? We'll find or out. Cube zero. Cube zero. No more cube zero talk. We got we got we got too much to talk about. But anyway, I'm excited. I'm I I know you didn't ask me, but I'm not asking. Oh no. Oh I have look, this is showing itself to be a scrappy motherfucking franchise right this movie to me what makes it such a great sequel simply is that it shows how much potential the basic idea of the original has and how limitless that could be explored you know and 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 that's it the momentum's kept up i'm totally on the hook i'm not asking when it will end i want to go back to cube zero the cube that started it all and learn more about this friggin' cube business so wait so this means so cube one was a three-dimensional cube and cube squared. We also haven't talked about the title. The title is is actually cube squared hypercube colon hypercube. <laughs> Sorry, cube squared colon hypercube colon hypercube. Perhaps the greatest title ever. What do you think? Up there. I mean, look again. You're making a sequel, and it's like you throw hyper in there. You and throw and we mentioned. I didn't even know this, but we mentioned uh, last episode that the Alien Three is actually Alien Cubed. So the cube squared, like, I love it when they bust out an exponent. I think that really well, no, upset Well, here's the test, Charles. Let's take that naming convention and apply it to other movies. Titanic squared hyper Titanic? Yeah, I'm fucking there. I want, are you shitting me? All of these I'm going to figure out are going to take place in space, but continue. Alien squared hyper alien? Yes. I want, I want to see that more than aliens. Yeah. yeah. And look, more than one alien, I get it. I can wrap my head around that. Hyper alien? What the heck? I, I agree. What the heck? You know? What the fuck is a hyper alien? I don't know. Oh, wait, no. I, I actually watched uh, Prometheus and they explained to you what a hyper alien is. So never mind. God, it sucks shit. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Thor squared hyper Thor? That, again, sounds better than the, than a, the Dark World. Yeah. That's true. I don't I'm know. I'm just saying. I might have to go back on that one. Thor squared hyper Thor. The more you say it, the more I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Well, wait, what about Thor squared? The more you say it, the more you like it. That's pretty good. I take that too. But I think hyper hyper is exciting. I think as a prefix, it's really underutilized. And this movie really focuses on how friggin' hyper can we dang get? And they get pretty hyper. So I introduced the MVD last episode. And this is tricky. I thought we were entering like a slasher style because the first one was very much like, oh, let's watch them all get you know killed off one by one. Very similar to Sphere. I know we haven't done it yet, but we we might do more shape movies. And I remember Sphere being similar. Like, you know, you have eight people to start and you got two at the end. This movie, uh, you got seven people to start and you got 20 to the end. And I was very confused. So it's it's hard to actually choose an MVD because the way people die in this movie is strange. It actually reminded me a lot of um, like this. What, what's this director's name? Uh, sold. Can you say it again and insult the Polish oh, people for me? I'd rather not. I didn't feel great about it the okay. first time. Okay, Andre Sekula. Sekula. Andre Sekula. It's probably that. Uh, he has a uh, who's the and uh, fuck who's the director of uh, Colorado Space? Richard Stanley. 
Yes, the great Richard Stanley of hardware fame, of Dust Devil yeah, fame. Yeah, I feel like Stanley and Sakula have similar vibes to the way that they like would show me a dead person. I don't know. I just I felt the connection there, and I I think it's it is hard because for my favorite deaths were the spinning the spinning fuckers the the hang like none of it was very exciting. Uh, there's the guy that they get their heads booped off by f- flying rectangular prisms, but overall, I don't know. Do you have a, do you have like a, a most valuable death? I'm sort of I don't know that I really want to award one over the other because overall, it's just like the accumulation of death is really just what is so successful about this movie. The guy at the end who has his, the person he's supposed to, he was hired to save. He's got 10 of her name badges covered in blood draped around his neck, like a, like an ancient warrior collecting. Well, the, great question. Okay. So for me, this splits between two different ideas here. One, with all due respect to the various CGI quantum crushing effects, none of those are my favorites. Right. And sorry, you're no, out of the running. They're not exciting. Well, I'm not hitting, I'm not hitting them. They have their own place. Yeah, exactly. I, I, like I don't them. think they were supposed to be. I think that's the whole point is that like, it's not, these aren't exciting deaths like the last where people are getting their faces blasted off and people getting burned. Like these are just people like, That's a good oh my point. God, it's a hypercube. What is that? I don't know. My legs right. are gone. Which leads me to two deaths that are particularly emotionally effective. One is obvious. When Max and Julia fuck so good, they turn into mummies. Yeah. I'm like, look, I've had a lot of sex in my life. I've never once begun to float and then been transformed into a mummy. Maybe that's the best sex of all. So that raised a lot of questions for me and, I, and questions I hope to pursue in my personal life. Have, so, you, yeah, have you asked Allison? Um, I'm going to save that conversation for after Valentine's Day. Not it's not a Valentine's Day type of thing. No, this is a serious, uh, a rigorous scientific question, and not one that I want to besot with the you know with chocolates. The vulgarity of romance. Okay. Yeah. Two. Um, Simon has two murders that are so surprising and brutal when he snaps Alex's neck and when he stabs Becky to death. I think the stabbing Becky to death yeah. for me felt like the um, possession socks moment where you're like, wait, what the fuck is going on? We we're like, is he, was he always trying to murder her? Was like, like he's like, I love the friggin' multiverse, baby. I can murder, murder, murder. It's fun for me. I'm Simon. But I was wondering, like, no, maybe his mission was to find Becky and not bring her home, but kill her, you know? Because that's how eyes on Doobie operating. So that to me was that 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 further complicated and deepened the storytelling and the movie experience. Mm-hmm. So the, the, no, those are both unforgettable. I thought those were both really wild ass deaths for me mrs paley was also really intense not the first time when she's like pops out of the hole and goes ah you can't trust this guy and he goes fuck you lady and stabs her in the back of the head That moment was amazing right it was so good no i'm not saying it wasn't but for me the even more crazy one was when she's just like desperately grabbing him to be like please don't leave me behind to get hypercubed and he's like fuck you grandma and stabs her repeatedly so that she'll just let go of him and abandons her to the hypercube uh i mean i'm gonna get ahead of myself also and just award simon the mvp there's so many great characters in this movie i I think kate is awesome max i had a special fondness for because a i like video games and b i'm a fucking total dork simon for me is an even more intense degradation as to the first like the cop character in the first one where we like we more understand why the cop does that because he's painted to be a fascist. He's painted to be violent. He's painted to be a pederast. Like his ultimate violence is not surprising. It's just like interesting. Simon goes from being like a violent sort of person, but the pleasure with which he just like suddenly uses the hypercube just as an excuse to murder people over and over again is was not anything I was expecting and really elevated this to a movie that I was just like, Gave it that extra couple of stars for me, for just Simon alone. 
I got to go ahead and give mine to Jerry. Yeah. I like Jerry a lot. Jerry is just a, a dipshit. You know, he, he he can he can't really ever piece it together into the full image, and he keeps getting stabbed to death by Simon, and and that's that's special to me. I like I think the, the the Jerry's watch of it all is just a great storytelling device, and uh, I think that's kind of the first bellwether of what the fuck is going on is when you find the second watch, right? And I don't know, I got to give up to my man Jerry. I love that. I feel like in our relationship is basically as Simon Jerry. Anyway, and one so. day I will stab you to death. Yeah, and and one day I will find my watch over and over again and be confused by it. I think for me, Jerry is an amazing character because he sort of undermines the entire first movie. And I think that's as fucking diligent podcasters exploring universes in cinematic realm to see a movie that not only ups the ante in dimension, literal dimension, making a cube into a hypercube, we see Jerry basically undermine everything that happened in the first movie, but not to like make the first movie not count. It just like shows the futility of escape, you know, where like Jerry is desperately scrawling shit on walls and like collecting watches and talking about shit, but he has no fucking idea what's going on. He dies over and over again in the most brutal ways being like sucked up by a giant knife or being stabbed to death over and over again by Simon. He's pathetic. And I think that's like the other one was like prime numbers, prime numbers. We'll actually solve this thing and get the fuck out of here. Cause we're smart. Here it just shows like it doesn't matter how fucking smart you are, the hypercube will fuck you over and over again until you're a dead thing. Well, and then one of the more uh, brutal moments is when the cube, as it begins to like, you know, collapse onto itself, just like shows all of the the, the wall scrawlings at the same time. It's, yeah. It's to show like how, how much agency did it possibly have when it can come and go at the cube's own bizarre inclinations. And by the way, that really weird insert shot of the cube being sketched that was so bone chilling and weird. Oh, so cool! Wait, what shot? At one point, when the the wall is being repopulated with all the, the 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 drawings from the other moments in different cubes, it just cuts close up onto a cube being sketched on the wall. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! Really eerie, really bizarre. Um, so Neil Crone, who plays Jerry, kind of an interesting career. He appears in both of the It movies as Chief Borton. Um, and he is in New York Minute, the Olsen twins movie, who third build in that little flick is a movie, a movie star we all know and love, Eugene Levy. We do love him. He is our God. Who takes us back to uh, the old pie days and what a traumatic experience that was. <laughs> I'm really excited for Cube Zero. I, <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm, I'm really I'm having a blast watching these. <laughs> They're so weird. They're yeah. just aren't movies. These are uncommon movies. I think Cube 2 Hypercube takes real risks to do really strange things and certainly left me way more uh, paranoid and freaked out than the first movie just because the implications are so upsetting. Absolutely. That's a great point. I love me a friggin' hypercube. We'll we'll get to the rankings at the end of the next episode, but I I think the first one is overall for me. uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to watch this again, I think, because I think the first one immediately stands out as a more like coherent movie where you can follow. But this I felt weird watching it, and I think ultimately that's maybe a bigger success. Oh, I was like immediately like, I cannot wait to watch this again. That yeah. That was like a very a very quick feeling. I do not have that feeling very often where I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this again for sure. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm First, we got to – I mean, I'm not going to dictate your life. Go ahead and watch Cube, Hypercube, Cube 2, colon, Don't ever tell me what cube, to do. Cube 2, hi, two Don't ever tell me what cube, to do. Cube 2, colon, Cube squared, colon, Hypercube again, but we got to watch Cube Zero as well soon. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, hey, listeners, if you've ever been trapped in a cube, 
sound off. We want to hear about your cube experiences, good or bad. Maybe they got a little hot and heavy like Max and Julia. Maybe you were murdered, butchered over and over again, just slaughtered like a cow. Um, do you want? Do you think there was a Simon v Simon fight at any point in the Simon verse? I would see. I, I want to hear. I want to watch the Simon movie now. Simon just going around murdering young women and Jerry's, and possibly himself. Do you think that um, what's that sh- sort of shitty show now with with Ricky and Ricky Ricky and Mort Morton? What's it? Uh, Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. Thank the you. Popular. Uh, he's a friggin' nihilist. That guy. He drinks and burps. Sure, sure. He burps a, yeah. and he drinks. Well, he does. That's why I don't like the show as much because he stopped burping. But anyway, that's another episode unto itself. Hey, bring the burping back, please. I'm gonna ask nice for f- the first time. Please bring the burping back. Uh, Jerry in that show has some definite Jerry vibes. I am all about people named Jerry. I, I just now want to watch all sorts of Jerry movies with Jerry's running around. So many Jerry's. So little time. All right. Uh, we did deaths. We did MVPs. We did when will it end? Charles, I think we covered the basis here. Oh, wait, we, haven't done, we haven't done MVBs. My, my most valuable buddy, and that's you. Oh, Charles, that's so sweet of you. Mine would be the Lord God. All right. That's been When Will It End, the movie podcast. Tune in next week for Cube Zero. Uh, if you have not checked out the Patreon yet, we our last episode was a two-hour epic on Gary Marshall's Valentine's Day. I think it's some of our finest work. Yeah, if you're not subscribed and you are listening this far, like if you made it to this point of this show, you obviously, it's $5 a month and you're just sitting on and it And you get a nothing. lot more Charles and Josh being absolute jack-offs. So yeah. live the dream, baby. Yeah, patreon.com slash WWIE podcast, or you can just use any of the links and any of the fuck. you know, find shit. Just go and find it and l- subscribe l- to it. Let me it. be real. If we watch Ernie Barbarash's uh, Christmas in Rome, that's where it's gonna be. We're that. We're that that's behind the paywall. Okay, you think you think we're gonna watch that shit uh, and talk about it just for any old piece no. of shit? No, you gotta we're be wrong. a subscriber, and we're not fucking hiding this in a hypercube. It's easy to find. But if Charles and I were in a hypercube, we would have sex until we became mummies, and someone would go, uh, "Whoa." 